Hey, it's Ralph here. Q1 is now closing and it probably didn't go as well as you had hoped, but I'm sure your agency is probably telling you that they crushed it. But in reality, it crushed you. If your agency isn't on the same page as you are, if there's something wrong, but you can't quite put your finger on what that thing is, go on over to tier11.com forward slash apply. It will set you up on a call to show you a better way to look at your business, not just metrics that make us agencies look good, but something that actually moves the needle and makes you more money, acquires more new customers, and ultimately achieves your vision. Head on over to tier11.com forward slash apply today. You're listening to Perpetual Traffic. Hello and welcome to the Retro Traffic Podcast. This is your host, Ralph Burns, and this is episode 306. And today we've got a very special guest with us talking about a couple of things that we've never really talked about here on Perpetual Traffic. Maybe we've talked about them, but never really on them for any length of time. And namely, TikTok and Snapchat. I mean, obviously, listeners of this show are probably familiar with these channels, but are you actually advertising on these channels as a diverse marketing strategy to go on all platforms, not just Facebook and Google? And today we've got pretty much the world's expert on TikTok and Snapchat in Savannah Sanchez here on Perpetual Traffic. She's the CEO and founder of The Social Savannah. Welcome to Perpetual Traffic. Hey, Ralph. Great to be here. Thanks for the intro. Yeah. we um, like I, I think we had mentioned this when uh, we were pre-recording here. Is, uh, we've started to advertise in the last year or so on both of these channels, but still primarily our ad spend is on Facebook and Google and YouTube, but mostly Facebook. But these are really different animals when it comes to how you advertise, how you actually put yourself out there, how you leverage these as channels in which to further grow a business. And this is pretty much like your area of specialty. And you obviously do it for a lot of different businesses, e-commerce, digital, uh, info businesses. But a lot, a lot of people really understand exactly how to do it right. So maybe just give us a little bit of background, like how you got into this side of of social media, where you're at right now, and maybe some, at least some initial uh, understanding of how the platforms work. And then we can sort of talk about how we get our ads and our creative and our targeting and everything else that goes along with it to scale and grow our businesses. Yeah, absolutely. That sounds great. So like you mentioned, um, my business is the Social Savannah I'm a freelancer consultant that works with a handful of e-commerce brands on their paid social strategies. Really in the last year, it's been an explosion of clients that want to advertise off of Facebook. I've been getting so many inquiries about how can we get on Snap? How can we get on TikTok? And these are platforms I've had a lot of experience with since the start. Before I was a consultant, the Social Savannah, I worked in an agency where I led the Snapchat media buying teams for a few years. And then I started on TikTok ads in April of 2020. So right when a lot of the e-commerce solutions were coming out on TikTok. So now that I've spent a couple million dollars on both Snap and TikTok, really excited to share some of my learnings and how you guys can get started with these two platforms. Because I think right now, diversifying ad spend off of Facebook is more important than ever. And the demand for learning how to do Snap and TikTok ads correctly and how to get the right creatives it's, it's never been more than it is right now. 
Right, right, absolutely. So the Snapchat side of the equation was before April 2020, though, right? So you've yes. got like, and has that evolved as well over time, even up into the present day, or is it because obviously the platform itself has really has has changed quite a bit as far as the experience of the advertising side of the equation? Like it used to be like blind media buys, like here's 10k, go out and just you know we'll just we'll handle it for you. But now it's it's a self-directed sort of ads manager type of platform. Same kind of things apply between Snapchat and TikTok, or do you sort of think of them as like completely different with some sort of, you know, intersecting of the overlap of the circles in a Venn diagram kind of way? Are they just really sort of very, very different than, than what our listeners are probably used to? They both have their own nuances. For Snapchat, I've been working with Snapchat ads for e-commerce brands since January 2019. And even since that short period of time, things have progressed so much. Their pixel targeting capabilities um, are really great. One big advantage of Snapchat is that um, their targeting is a lot more granular than on Facebook. So you can target people based off their shopping behaviors, like people who recently bought um, sports supplies or baby wear. So the targeting is really great on Snapchat. And what I've found for Snapchat is that Sometimes it's easier to take what you're running maybe on Instagram stories to test on Snap, since usually the same type of content that does well on Instagram stories also does well on Snapchat. And also Snapchat ads platform is just incredibly easy to use. It is by far my favorite platform to build ads on, even if you've never ran a Snapchat ad before, or if you're intimidated by Facebook ads manager, because there's so many ways you can essentially mess up on Facebook and there's so many options. Where Snapchat, you really can't go wrong. They have like an, a really nice system of launching ads. It, you don't get too many options in terms of the campaign setup, but it's great for people who are new to digital advertising because it's super intuitive platform. And if you choose like just broad interest targeting and upload great creatives into your campaigns, you're going to have no problem seeing great results on Snap. So Another thing about Snapchat to keep in mind is that um, Snapchatters really resonate with user-generated content. That's something that I do for my clients on a weekly basis, shoot new UDC, filmed with an iPhone. Snapchat ads do have to look very native to the platform. And what's native to Snapchat is filming video selfie style on your iPhone. So it's important if you don't already have those assets for your Facebook ads that you develop specific UGC style content for Snapchat. And that's where I really put all of my focus. I am a media buyer at heart, but really what I spend most of my time doing and what I enjoy doing the most is the ad creatives. I work with an ad creative team who helps develop new Snapchat and TikTok ads to my clients on a weekly basis shooting UGC. And I think that's really going to be what makes or breaks your Snapchat ad account and TikTok is your ad creatives and how well it resonates with the audience on those platforms. Yeah, absolutely. So it definitely sounds like from your perspective, Snap, there's a little bit more of an overlap with maybe what our listeners are used to on IG stories or even Facebook stories. But TikTok seems like it's really sort of a separate animal entirely, or is that accurate? No, it is. On TikTok, one of the biggest things is the creative. TikTok has to look like your TikTok ads have to look like organic TikToks, meaning you're using organic TikTok text, transitions, um, like jumps, dance moves, like the, the trends that are on TikTok organically. 
and how people are organically making content with fast cuts and the style. Your ads on TikTok have to look not like an ad. It has to look like a TikTok. So I think that's where people have the biggest problem with TikTok ads is that they try their Facebook ads on TikTok or or they, they, they try like some still images and they're like, I'm seeing no purchases. And it's like, well, your ad looks like an, like an ad, looks like a Facebook ad. It doesn't look like a TikTok. So it's so important to develop creatives that look like TikToks and get that type of content or else it's not even worth running TikTok ads. Got it. Got it. So you had mentioned on the Snap side, uh, UGC stuff, still important on TikTok as well. I mean, is that obviously that's an area of... That's, I mean, geez, that works on pretty much every channel to a certain degree. Our, our question and our challenge always is like, how do you actually get it? And you work with clients, but it seems like UGC is, is certainly, you know, universal for both platforms. For sure. I think on Snapchat, you can get away with doing more like UGC mashups. So like taking a lot of different clips of customer testimonials, people shooting with their iPhone and mashing it up all together. And on Snapchat, you can get away with also adding more text overlays that aren't necessarily native to Snapchat and like animations. So more similar to what a Facebook ad would look like, where on TikTok, it's typically only one person in the frame and one person kind of going through a story and talking about the product. If you are mashing different customer testimonials together on TikTok, that's going to be a clear sign to users that it's not native to TikTok. Hmm. Um, So... Typically, TikTok is usually just one one person going through the story. Like one thing that's working really well for my clients on TikTok is a trend called TikTok made me buy it, mm-hmm. which is essentially we're making an ad that says, "Hey guys, like I saw this on TikTok and I knew I had to get it. This is a blender. It's portable. It's the fastest portable blender. It's super powerful and it shows I'm making a smoothie." Um, so TikTok made me buy it. Also, like Amazon finds is a huge trend on TikTok. Um, so I would say it's also super important on TikTok to be an active user of the platform and understand what's trending and how you can incorporate trends like TikTok nanny buy it or Amazon finds into your ad creative so that it's relevant for your business. Got it. And all of your customers are e-commerce only. It sounds e-commerce like e-commerce only. Yep. So for our digital products folks or even service-based people. Same things apply or sort of different? Like how would you approach that end of the marketplace? The same creative principles always apply in terms of making sure it looks really organic and native to the platform. Under 15 seconds is the best link. Um, Getting to the point really quickly, adding text overlays so that people can understand it without sound. So all of the creative principles still apply. I think it's more going to be about what your call to action is and what your targeting is. That's going to vary depending on if you're a physical product versus a service. Got it. So mashup UGC stuff for Snapchat, not quite as good for mashups on TikTok because it looks more like an ad, which is... Exactly. Got it. So Snapchat, you can get away with looking like an ad a bit more. Or TikTok, you really have to, for lack of a better word, trick people into Mm -hmm. thinking, I'm just watching an entertaining TikTok. Um, from a random user and I'm because there's so many TikToks like of people posting organically of people sharing cool product finds and there's so there's a like for instance I have a client they sell leggings and it's referred to as like the TikTok famous leggings because it blew up on TikTok from people saying these leggings reduce cellulite they're so flattering um, they lift your butt 
And so these leggings are viral on TikTok. So it's like looking at what products are going viral on TikTok. How are TikTokers organically talking about products they're excited about? And then making your ads to replicate those same styles. There's You can get so much inspiration just from going on TikTok and looking at hashtags of TikTok made me buy it and see how people are presenting products on their feed. Got it. So Snapchat made me buy it is not quite as big of a thing or that same strategy works over there as well or very different? Yeah, well, I think on Snapchat, it's a bit different because on Snapchat, you're only getting content from your friends typically. Mm-hmm. Where on TikTok, you have the For You page where you're getting content from a variety of different creators of just what's trending videos. So I would say TikTok is more of a discovery platform of people wanting to learn about new products or new funny videos from people that they don't know. Or Snapchat is incredibly personal. They're sending videos and photos to their personal friends and they go on Snapchat to get content from their friends. I think that's why looking like an ad on Snapchat doesn't matter as much because they're going to know if it's not, if their friends aren't in it, then it's an ad. Or TikTok, people are used to getting content from people that they don't know all the time. Super interesting. Yeah. So really understanding and knowing the channels first off, like obviously like you do, and then pairing that content with something that makes the most logical sense based upon the user's behavior and the platform itself. Yeah, absolutely. And I would say that's my probably my number one tip before you advertise on Snapchat or TikTok is to go on these platforms and see what how people are using the app, what type of content people are engaging with, so that you can have a better creative strategy. I would say if I was a brand new advertiser to Snap or TikTok, maybe I've just been doing Facebook ads or Google, and I was wondering which platform should I try first? I would try Snapchat first because like I said, it's easier to get content for it. The setup is a lot more intuitive on Snapchat than it is TikTok. Mm -hmm. And I think for new advertisers, people can get better results on Snapchat initially than on TikTok. So that would be my order of operations is test Snapchat first and then TikTok. TikTok only tests it when you get the right content and it's a bit more tricky to navigate the platform. However, I do have a ton of TikTok tutorials on my YouTube channel. My YouTube channel is just Savannah Sanchez and I go through account setup, targeting more creative tips. So, um, and I also have Snapchat tutorials on there as well. I also want to mention if any of your users are interested that if they wanted to test Snapchat, I have a link that they can get $2,000 of free ad spend. So free ad spend is always good if you're testing a new channel. And that link is bit.ly. So bit.ly slash 2000 Snapchat. So there you go. You get two free $2,000 to go test Snapchat for your first campaign. Well, if that isn't worth listening to perpetual traffic, I don't know what is. Um, we'll obviously leave all the links here in the show notes um, for that, as well as your YouTube channel and, and obviously your site and how people can get in touch with you. Well, there is no question that when it comes to influence and persuasion in digital marketing, no one, and I mean no one, commands more respect than Dr. Robert Cialdini. If you have never read his books, Influence and Persuasion, I swear you are missing so much in your digital marketing, not only as an influencer and an advertiser, but as just a great marketer. And that's why I'm so excited to invite you to a free webinar where he'll be sharing 
his latest insights on new e-commerce strategies. Now, alongside Dr. Cialdini, you'll learn from Bass Wilders and the authors of Reputation King, my buddies Scott Branley and DJ Sprague. Attendees will absolutely be able to understand exactly how to gain a competitive edge in the marketplace by leveraging online reputation management. Now, that's something that we haven't talked about here on this show all that much. And it's more reason for you to register for the webinar here, which is completely free over at reputationking.com forward slash PT. So join us on April 18th from 12 noon to 2 p.m. Eastern. That's 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. Pacific for you West Coasters by registering at reputationking.com forward slash PT. Once again, that's reputationking.com forward slash PT. Cialdini has been a huge influence on me. and I can't wait to see how his new e-commerce strategies resonate with you and how they affect your business in a positive way using reputation management. Make sure that you register for the April 18th free webinar at reputationking.com forward slash PT. So getting back to TikTok, like when you talk about like a TikTok native ad or a piece of content, you know, jumps, dance, move, fast cuts, like tell me about the anatomy of like what uh, for somebody who's never been on TikTok before, which I have to assume most of our listeners probably have. Um, but it's like if you haven't been on TikTok, where, where have you been? Yeah, well, you've been locked up in your house for the last year and a half. Why weren't you on TikTok there anyway? But the point is, yeah. So like, tell us about that. Like, what is it? Like, what is the key to it? Like, obviously it's like, this is quick stuff, like quick content, 15 seconds or less. Give us like sort of an anatomy of like what a good ad would, would be about. I think TikTok ads are some of the hardest ads to make. It's my, it's the most fun to make. Like my team loves making TikTok ads because we're all TikTok obsessed, mm-hmm. but it's so difficult because you have to get their attention in the first frame. So we call it designing for second zero. So on Facebook, typically we always say like you need to grab attention in the first three seconds because the average watch time on Facebook is around two to three seconds. But TikTok, it's actually even way faster than that. People are scrolling through videos. They're literally looking at the thumbnail. So the very first frame and making a decision of whether they're going to keep swiping to watch another video or if they're going to stop to watch this video. So having a really eye-catching first second so designing for second zero and a good thumbnail is incredibly important. So that's what we spend most of our time thinking about. It's like what opening shot is going to capture attention and make people want to watch it for another second or another second. Like you essentially have to earn every second that someone's watching. Hmm. So getting them to stop is the hardest thing. And so typically we found like someone talking to a camera right away or um, opening a package has been a good opening frame for us. Um, Sometimes we, we try to do something a bit more like thrilling and exciting. It's, I would say that's why it's so great to just see what's on TikTok organically and start to take notes, become a student of a platform of the videos that you're watching. Like, okay, I watched this video. Why did I stop to watch this? What was the first frame? Was someone talking right away? Was it showing the product right away? How, how are they able to capture attention and make me watch it for a little bit longer? And then also take notes of what are the videos that you scrolled right past? What, were that Was it just too slow? They didn't get to the point right away. There was no people in the shot. So I would say my, one of my best tips is if you're new to TikTok or if you're an avid TikTok user, 
take 30 minutes of just devoted time of taking notes of every video that you watch. What was, and look at the videos that have a lot of views versus one with not a lot of views and try to pinpoint the difference. It's like, was this one have a person in the frame in the front? Did this one have text on the screen right away? Do they not have text on the screen right away? And you start to pick up on trends. Okay, this is a great idea for my ad. I'm also going to start it in the same way. Um, but deliberately taking notes and going through and trying to be a student of the platform is so helpful as a daily ritual. And then you can also take notes of the trends because the trends on TikTok are literally changing every single day. Mm-hmm. And you want your ads to be on trend. You don't want to be doing a trend or a dance or a hashtag that was relevant a week ago because these trends, they go so fast. So if you're on the platform every day and taking notes of the different trends, then you can make your ad creatives that week to reflect those trends. So it's it's very fast fashion in that way. Like the trends go out on like a daily basis. So Super fast, yeah. We try to at least get within the week of when a new trend comes out. We do new ad creatives for our clients on a weekly basis. Hmm. So on Monday, we're like, okay, here's from all the trends from the weekend. Let's make some ad creatives around these trends. But wow. by the <sighs> next week, it's irrelevant. It's so fast. For Facebook, it's like, we can have an ad that's been working for like three months and it's still working great. So it's, it's not as like on TikTok ads just burn out so fast. The creative rotation is so important. And people on Facebook are complaining that it takes three months. <laughs> I had a creative that worked for a couple of months and now it died out. Right. Okay, well, at least it worked for you for a couple of months. Like, yeah. Poor little old me. Try it on TikTok. So it's literally, it's that fast. I mean, like a seven day, like obviously every ad is different than some probably have more staying power than others, but at like a seven day life cycle is sounds like that's fairly typical. Yeah. It's so fast for these trends. We try to do content that's trend focused each week. But we also try to do some evergreen concepts, ones that aren't specific to any trend. And those tend to have a bit of a longer life cycle, um, maybe like two to three weeks before we start seeing creative fatigue on it. So yeah, having a lot of creatives on TikTok, we're usually testing like five to 10 new creatives at a time. Mm -hmm. So that's again why I said Snapchat's a bit easier. If you're brand new, go take your Facebook ads, try it on Snapchat see how it goes. But TikTok, if you're willing to invest in the right creative strategy and you're willing to become a student of the platform, TikTok is resulting in some incredible ROAS or return ad spend for my clients. And we're scaling more on TikTok than Snapchat once we have the right creatives. So if you're willing to invest in the time and the creatives, I would say TikTok is where you want to be just because it's cheaper, less competition. But it's, it's not something that you can just sign up for one day, put your Facebook ad up and hope it works. It's going to take a lot of creative juices <laughs> to get it rolling. Right. Absolutely. So you had mentioned before uh, Snapchat, like the, the ad platform itself is, is pretty intuitive. Like it's improved a tremendous amount. Like I remember meeting with Snapchat three years ago and looking at like, don't you guys have like a user interface? No, we don't. But now it's actually, it's evolved to the point where it's actually really easy to use. You mentioned targeting there on Snapchat as well. Like some, some pretty good targeting options. Best in class. Best in class. Okay. So Snapchat pretty good, but TikTok is pretty cool as well. Like they've got some amazing targeting options based upon real user behavior in app, which is, I think, really exciting. Like tell us a little bit about both sides of the equation here, what the targeting options are like, and then how they sort of contrast and compare. For sure. I would say Snapchat 
has some of like the best targeting of any platform because they do have a partnership with Visa. So they can get direct data of people who have purchased baby products or home goods. They have really great data on people's shopping habits. So mm. those are often some of my best performing audiences is just based off people's shopping behaviors, which makes sense. Like people who bought stuff from PetSmart and Petco. You could also do lookalike audiences similar to Facebook based off of your past purchasers and people who are watching your Snapchat ads and opening it, retargeting. Where um, TikTok, on the other hand, they have very limited but very broad interest targeting. So for instance, you have fashion interest or food and beverage interests and how people fall into these interests are kind of a mystery. I guess it's just based off of how people are interacting with videos on TikTok. But one cool thing about TikTok is that they do have some behavioral targeting. Like you can say people who have liked, commented, or shared on a fashion video in the last seven days. Mm. So that's pretty cool to be able to target people who are commenting on or sharing specific videos. Yeah. Um, but the interest targeting in general is just pr- is pretty broad, like food and beverage, fashion, mm. accessories, um, dog. It's like, right. So there's maybe like 10 or 20 different categories. Got it. So uh, with most of your customers being e-commerce, I would imagine, obviously the shopping behavior, that's pretty clutch, getting that from Visa. Heavens to Murgatroyd, Tim Cook from Apple, getting that type of targeting on Snapchat, uh, which we can talk about that whole iOS 14 thing at a later date. But uh, the point is, is like the the stuff that's inside TikTok, I, that targeting is amazing. It's like if, if you've watched a tutorial on beauty, like we have a customer right now, like that is the targeting that's killing right now. I mean, obviously our, probably our, our creative isn't what it needs to be based upon this conversation, but the targeting itself is like dead on from that perspective. Uh, do you tend to sort of skew a lot of your targeting towards that sort of in-app behavior type of yeah. targeting? Okay. That's pretty much all we're running right now. That's working the best. Like very broad, like people who have watched hair videos in the last 14 days or commented on a hair video in the last 14 days and we're selling hair accessories. So yeah, I would say the targeting is pretty broad in terms of the categories, but it's great that at least we have some data around, okay, so people are interacting with these type of videos. Hopefully they'll also interact the same with mine. Yeah, yeah, totally makes sense. That's that's pretty cool. And on the Snapchat side, if you're selling, like we can get into an example of one of your customers without naming any names, but I mean, obviously buyer data on that side, I would imagine you would skew towards that type of targeting with Snapchat is my guess. Yep. You got it. So I have a customer that sells um, stuff for new moms. Mm-hmm. So Snapchat has two different targeting options that we utilized. One is parents of babies zero to two. Sure. So that's super helpful. And the other one is people who have bought um, baby supplies in the last, like, whatever time period they get that data from. That's pretty so, Yeah. Where Facebook, it's like targeting is, I mean, now is, is almost dead. So, <laughs> I mean, it's still, still pretty good. I mean, but the point is, is like, this is really, this is deep level targeting. This is the type of demographic targeting Facebook used to have before they, you know, got scared and eliminated a lot of that buyer behavior from, you know, the big data companies, which is ridiculous. But anyway, the point is, is like, it still exists. And that's obviously something that you're targeting. So those audiences, I mean, obviously the audience size thing is a big 
big issue over on Facebook. You got to make sure that you at least have, you know, at least for most of our customers, millions of people in that audience. Do you ever really run into that type of issue with either one of these platforms for like a super targeted targeting being too small or maybe too large? Like, tell us a little bit about audience sizes. I tend to be in the school of thought that broader is better. So mm-hmm. I don't mind if I try to fashion interests and there's 40 million people in the fashion interests. Because once TikTok and Snapchat start spending on these ads, the machine learning kind of takes over and they realize, okay, these type of videos are resonating with these type of people. So I'm going to serve it more to these type of people. So I would say if anything, I try to give some general parameters like fashion, hair, baby, and have it be an audience of at least a few million people. And then from there, kind of letting the algorithm take over and, um, and leverage their machine learning to refine the targeting. Got it. And uh, is there sort of a universal like number of days in which you're like, all right, well, you know, Snapchat is learning and they're not quite there yet, or TikTok is learning and not quite there yet. But it, it probably it's indicative of how much you're spending. Obviously, the more you're spending, the more the machine is is learning and understanding exactly who to target. But is there any sort of rule of thumb for that part as you're, as you're launching new ads every seven days or so? Like, what's your what's your frame of reference there? Yeah, I would say it's pretty similar to Facebook in terms of like, hopefully on every audience or ad set, you get 50 purchases a week to optimize. Mm-hmm. And that that same methodology does carry over to TikTok and Snapchat. So if your product costs $100 and you're only spending $100 a week on Snapchat ads and you get one purchase, you're going to have a very hard time optimizing and giving Snapchat or TikTok the data it needs to optimize better. One thing that does work well, though, on Snapchat and TikTok is optimizing for ad to cart. So that way, at least you're giving the platforms more data to work with of, okay, instead of waiting for one or two purchases a week, we have 50 to 100 ad to cart. And that helps the system optimize. So that's a strategy I use pretty often on Snap and TikTok is optimizing for ad to cart instead of purchase for e-commerce. Super interesting. So, I mean, that's like a, man, that's so hit or miss on Facebook and Instagram. Cause you I end- definitely don't do it on Facebook. Facebook yeah. always sucks when you add to cart. God, you end up- a ton of ad to carts and no purchases. Right, right. And there is that phenomenon, which is an amazing thing. It's like, there is a group of individuals out there that just add stuff to cart. cart. Yeah. Right? Uh, like, yeah, it's totally a phenomenon. And Facebook yeah, knows who those people are and they're not purchasers. They don't I know. purchase, but they'll go to your site and add to cart all day long. Yeah, but that type of personality less so on these other platforms, it would seem. Yeah, I think just because I maybe it has to do with the way that their machine learnings work as opposed to Facebook. Mm-hmm. I think that Snapchat and TikTok do need a little bit of boost in terms of learning who your ideal customer is. And if you don't have a huge budget to get 50 to 100 purchases a week, because that can be expensive depending on your average order value. I think it's a great place to start of saying, okay, I'm I'm at least going to give Snapchat and TikTok the data of here's 50 to 100 people who are adding to cart so that these platforms have some data to work with of, okay, let's serve more ads to these types of people because they're resonating. So it's all about how fast and how cheaply can we give these platforms data to work with. Got it. Got it. So it seems like with these two platforms, you're not necessarily trying to track the behavior of the ad to cart, but it's like it's a purchased intent behavior, which is that, you know, penultimate step is the ad to cart prior to the actual purchase and taking out the credit card. Exactly. For sure. 
Got it. Makes sense. Uh, so when you are budgeting stuff out, like obviously you've got a lot of e-commerce um, customers that let's say the average order value is, is it's wide. Like you had mentioned a hundred dollars. Like if you're going to be putting in a hundred dollars a week on, on TikTok or Snapchat, chances are the, the machine learning really isn't going to learn a whole lot. So how do you start off? Like with a, maybe give us some examples of some customers with different average order values. I mean, obviously the ones that are the, yeah, just as a general sense, I mean, something that's more of an impulse buy is easier to sell on a social platform, whether that's Snapchat, TikTok, Facebook, or Instagram, or whatever it is, YouTube, you name it. But like, what's the strategy like for a $5 purchase versus a $100 purchase? Like, how would you kind of go about doing it on these platforms? Yeah, I would say you are going to have a much easier time if you do have an impulse buy product. And by impulse buy, I mean average order value between like $20 and $60 mm -hmm. seems to be the sweet spot because Snapchatters and TikTokers are impulse buyers. They're very visual. They're like, this is a cute product. I like how it looks or I like the functionality and I want it. Whereas I work with a client, their outer, um, outer sofa. Their average order value is six thousand dollars. It's a very expensive outdoor sofa. So really, we're leveraging platforms um, outside of Facebook to build awareness and consideration. And we're not necessarily looking at, at purchases on the platform as our major KPIs. So I think it's just having realistic expectations about how many purchases you're going to get. If your product is over a hundred dollars, it's probably going to be more limited. Right, right. So that's a huge range there. So there's the the sweet spot between twenty to sixty bucks thereabouts totally makes sense. So, but with that outdoor sofa company, six thousand dollars. Like, how do how do you measure success there? Do you? I mean, you eventually will see purchases over time, but obviously, larger investment, longer buy cycle, probably a lot of shopping arounds. Like, how do you measure success with something that's a, a more on the high end? For sure. I think attribution definitely becomes more difficult as your product gets more expensive. Um, for my clients that have higher AOV products, I like to implement post-purchase surveys on their website and simply ask people after they purchase, how did you hear about us? And we have Facebook, Snapchat, TikTok, Pinterest, and I'm physically measuring how many people each day are marking TikTok as the reason for their purchase of how they heard about us. Hmm. So surveys are a great way to get that initial data point. Plus just optimizing, like I said, for lower level events of, okay, I want people to submit a leave catcher form or add to cart. And if I can at least get their email, then I'm confident in my email system to kind of do the rest of the work for us um, instead of just solely optimizing for purchase only. So, I mean, I think that brings up a question for, you know, maybe some of the listeners here is uh, who is the platform for? Like you're, you're mentioning a really wide range of, of e-commerce products or just products, the physical products unto itself, anywhere from 20 bucks to $6,000. Like, is there a business, at least in your experience, where either one of these platforms wouldn't be a good place for it? I mean, if you're selling, you know, I don't know like industrial equipment or like semiconductors or something like that, probably none of these platforms are good for you. So throwing those out the window, like what is the ideal customer? Maybe what is not the ideal type of customer for both these platforms? I would say for both of these, broad appeal is important. Um, so like I said, for audiences, I typically find audiences over a million people to be the best. So as long as your product falls into like a broad category where like 
like, let's just say like my targeting is females, 35 plus skincare. Like you're going to find females 35 plus on both Snapchat and TikTok. But if you are selling something like you sell a product for um, teachers who teach autistic kids, like something that's like really specific, mm-hmm. then I don't think that's going to work very well just because broad, broader targeting categories work better on these platforms. So it just Got would it. be a lot more difficult to serve relevant ads. Got it. And it just seems like they're, you know, just in general, it's like it's a high energy, high positivity platform unto itself. Like if you're, I don't know, I mean, I don't know why I just thought of this example. Like if you're selling caskets and you're an undertaker, probably not these two channels because it doesn't really match. I mean, you're talking about consumer goods, like fashion, beauty, that kind of stuff. I work with e-commerce brands. So that's pretty much everything I'm doing. It's like phone cases, beauty, accessories. It's like those stuff that it's like, okay, this is cool. I like how it looks. I want it. Um, it. So like I said, highly visual products um, and being able to display those value props are the products that are going to do work best on TikTok. Got it. Makes sense. So twenty to sixty dollar range, kind of the sweet spot. Can you take us through maybe some, maybe just an example of maybe a couple of your customers, and maybe one where it really took off, or maybe another one where it, you took it, it took a little while for you to kind of figure it out. And and I mean, obviously, we all struggle with you know most of our ads not really working in most cases, seventy or eighty percent. So there's a lot of failure here. So maybe take us through one of your customers and how you kind of figured it out and how it eventually sort of has has been able to translate into scale and, and growth for that company. I meant I mentioned I'm working with a, a brand that sells um, hair accessories. Mm-hmm. So I think for them it was just about testing um, different um, content creators. What products are we going to test? Uh, especially when you have a broad product catalog, figuring out what product is going to resonate with TikTokers or Snapchatters is sometimes the first challenge. And then it's what content are they going to resonate with? So um, that's the first thing. And then for one that didn't work as well, I worked with a brand that had a more subscription model and we found it harder to track purchases on Snapchat and TikTok um, just because of the nature of that business. So, but I, t- I find, like I said, impulse buys, as long as you have really great creatives and are invested into getting the right content, then that's really going to be your key to success. Got it. So for the hair accessories brand, having very little hair myself, I'm not exactly sure what accessories are, but I do see them around my house because you know, my wife has all kinds of things. I'm not really sure what they're called. Scrunchies or something like that. So, Scrunchies, hair ties. Got it. <laughs> so it's really it's like if a customer comes to you and says, all right, Savannah, I want to figure out like Snapchat and TikTok. I've already kind of got like the Facebook and Instagram thing or I've got Google or YouTube, whatever. But this is a whole different thing. Like it's, it's not necessarily all about like the message itself per se. It's about like a good entry point offer to start things off. Like for sure, a $6,000 couch might not be the best way to go, but maybe if you have, you know, an email list or a coupon or something like that. So how do you go about choosing like which to sort of go on? And in in the case of the hair accessories company, like they've got, a lot of different SKUs, like how'd you kind of narrow it down and then ultimately figure out, all right, these products are going to work here. And then you ultimately were able to, to, to scale and grow it. Yeah. So I would say the number one thing is leverage your existing data. Like what products are working well on Facebook? What are your best sellers on your site? Um, don't start with a brand new product or one that you don't have existing data about. 
So make your job a bit easier and take your existing data and work off that. Mm -hmm. And then I would say like volume of creatives is super important. So if we're starting out with a brand, we want like six different content creators to make ads about this one product. Maybe all of them are saying a slightly different value prop. Like one's talking about how inexpensive it is. The other one's talking about the cute colors. The other one's talking about the variety of styles. Um, and that's the great thing about paid social advertising on any platform is that you can get data back pretty quickly and cheaply about, okay, this one has the best click-through rate, wearing the most add to carts on this type of messaging and this product. So I would say having a creative testing structure is important on any social platform. And then taking notes of what's working and what's not. I think we often do a lot of testing, but sometimes we forget to actually learn from the data and analyze it and keep mm -hmm. track of what's working. So I would say that's really important too. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, there's, as the old expression goes, there's no such thing as losing money on advertising. All you've just bought is data. Exactly. You know? <laughs> exactly. So so one of the things you had mentioned is is, is is UGC sort of throughout this whole thing. And for those of you who don't remember, we should probably define it. That's user-generated content. But you also talk about content creators. So, so the folks that you work with, you're not talking about just having the founder do all the videos and all the ads and so forth. You, it sounds like you guys go out and find individuals and then have them shoot video. Like, tell me about that whole process of how you get the creative and the UGC actually done and then turning it into an ad. For sure. So we do all of our UGC in-house. So I mentioned I have a girl on my team who's like a TikTok expert. And okay. so she goes and shoots videos. I shoot a bunch of videos. And we also have like five or six different content creators that we use really regularly because we know their ads convert super well. Send them products, send them the briefs. And then we also do influencer outreach. So we'll go on TikTok if, we, if our content creators we have in-house don't exactly match the brand. Then we'll go out and do outreach, say, hey, we would love to send you free products or what are your rates to make a video about us? Um, so that's how we go about it. So each week we're trying to get new original content for the brands we work with. So for some of your customers' ads, we you might actually see you in the ad, it sounds like. Oh, all the time. Uh, okay, that's super cool. I'm in, my, I'm in so many ads. Um, I, I've kind of become... I, I don't know, like a little a little star among my friends because they're always like, oh, I saw you in this ad. I saw you in that. Um, That's so cool. So I, I shoot a lot of my own content. So That's great. Well, you know it's going to get done the right way when you shoot it yourself. That's exactly, for sure. Exactly. Exactly. It's a great way to start out cost effectively. If you're, if you're a brand owner, if you work at a brand, like don't think that you have to go out and do an expensive influencer campaign. Like pick up your camera and start talking and get comfortable with, I'm talking about the product and see what you can come up with on your own. Yeah. Yeah. And then you have a sort of a stable of other people that depending on what the niche is, probably a mixture of like male, female, depending on what type of products. Yes. Okay. So, uh, so it sounds like, you know, obviously doing the, the content itself is super important targeting obviously on both platforms, but just getting started and having a, you know, a price point within the 20 to $60 range, sort of summarizing a lot of your points here is obviously is key to, uh, to, to having a level of success and maybe even starting off with Snapchat first, it sounds like, and then maybe TikTok second, a lot of super helpful, a lot of, um, 
big time informative stuff here and things that we've never really talked about here on the show. Where can they find out more about what you do? And, and if somebody wanted to start advertising on both these platforms, you mentioned a YouTube channel before, give us a little bit uh, more about where people can contact you directly. Absolutely. So um, my website is the social savannah.com. I also tweet a ton about ad creative, Snap, TikTok, Facebook. My Twitter is social underscore Savannah. And then my YouTube channel is Savannah Sanchez. And I also have a Facebook group. It's called Facebook Ad Creatives Only, where every day we're sharing top performing Facebook ad examples, creative tips. Um, So please feel free to join my Facebook group as well. It's Facebook Ad Creatives Only. Awesome. We'll leave uh, links in the show notes here. Super great to have you on Perpetual Traffic. And uh, yeah, we definitely want to have you come back on. And obviously, this stuff is dynamic and changing all the time. So I think a little bit of an update in a couple of months would be great. Uh, Make sure that you do all head over to uh, digitalmarketer.com forward slash podcast. This has been episode 306. And uh, we'll put all the links and the resources in the show notes. Definitely check out Savannah over at her site as well as her YouTube channel. And uh, we'll also leave a link for those free ads you can get for $2,000 worth of free Snapchat ads. That is worth the price of admission right there. So thank you so much for coming on this week's show, Savannah. Look forward to continuing the conversation. And for all you out there, make sure you head on over to, once again, digitalmarketer.com forward slash podcast. This has been episode 306. Until next week, everyone, see ya. You've been listening to Perpetual Traffic. For more information and to get the resources mentioned in this episode, visit digitalmarketer.com forward slash podcast. Thank you for listening. Thank you.